0: Uh, well, guys, quickly, I, I want to just remind you of what our goal is with this, this whole series, The the Romans Road. And, and here's our goal, guys. Our goal is to help you learn to share the gospel uh, by showing you how you can use the book of Romans as a guide or as a road to sharing six essential truths about Jesus with others. Six essential truths about Jesus with others. And so kind of what we're saying is that if you're going to share the gospel with somebody, which, by the way, we're commanded to do, uh, right? I I mean, uh, you read Matthew, uh, it says, go make disciples of all nations. Mark's account says, go and preach the gospel. And, and so we're called to share the gospel with people. If you're going to share the gospel effectively, there's some, some important things you, you kind of can't miss. And, and so we're trying to give you those things. So to this point, we've learned four of those essential truths. So here is the first, guys. The first one is that God created us and that we're accountable to him, right? That God made us, he gave us good rules to live by, therefore we are accountable to him and his rules. That's kind of how it begins, right? So that's, that's step one. The second step, guys, was uh, central truth two, that we, we've all rebelled against God and we're guilty of sin. So we've, we've rebelled against those good rules, we've rejected those good rules, and, and thus we've rejected God, and that makes us guilty of sin. And we are guilty of, of Adam and Eve's sin, Uh, of of humanity's sin, so there's there's an inherited sin that we have, but then we're also guilty of actual sin, because we are all sinners, and that's why the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that got us to step three, that because God is holy, the penalty of sin is death, because God is holy, the penalty of sin is death, and so we said that God's, listen, God's the source of eternal life. And where God is, the, the eternal life of God is. Uh, the problem with that is, is that he's holy and he can't have sin in his presence. And we've all sinned. And so when you're cast out of the presence of God, this is what happens with Adam and Eve. This is what we're born into. When you can't be in the presence of God, you can't have the life of God. Therefore, you will die. And that's what God said to Adam and Eve. Listen, if you eat from this tree of knowledge, you're going to, to die. And that's because sin separates us from God. If you can't be in God's presence, you can't have God's life. And so, so you, you die, and that's why Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death, and that's the third hard truth we had to learn. But then we got to some good news last week. Step four, the, the fourth essential truth is this, because God's gracious, Jesus died in our place, right? Because God is gracious, Jesus died in our place, and we learn that God's loving and gracious towards us, uh, but, but he's also just, and he can't ignore sin. Hebrews says that that, listen, uh, almost all sin has to be atoned for by blood. That was God's system, and so someone had to die. And, and so the wages of sin is death, but God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die in our place. Now, that, that's the four first steps of the Romans' road, basically. Now, now here's what I'm going to submit to you. When you get to that point, it demands something of you. When, when you get to that point, you, you've got to make a choice. You have to make a decision. Something has to happen. So whether, whether you or you're sharing the gospel, a choice has to happen. When you understand that Jesus is God's solution for your sin problem, then you have two options. Option A, accept it. Or option B, you have to keep trying to make yourself right in God's eyes on your own. By yourself. We do this typically by trying to become better by trying to become better. So here's my goal this morning. I wanna tell you why the second one of those options won't work, right? That's what I wanna share with you. The second of those options, the latter of those options isn't gonna work. So, so uh, three things I'm gonna share with you, two observations, then our fifth essential truth. Here's the first thing I want you to know this morning, guys, is, is uh, that without Jesus, we have no hope of being right with God. It's big. Man, without Jesus, we have no hope of being right with God. You see, better doesn't work with God. Right? And we have this thought like, like okay, so Jesus died in my place. Now I've got to make a choice. And, and do I accept God's solution for my sin problem? Or do I keep trying to make myself right with God? Here's the problem. Better doesn't work with God. Because God's not just good. He's holy, holy, holy. And, and holy, holy, holy means He's perfect, perfect, perfect. He's, he's, that's what the Bible means when it says God's righteous. And, and, and so here's, here's the problem, guys. There's nothing that we can do there's, there's no amount of work that we can do to undo the sin that we have committed, right? No, no matter how, uh, how much we commit ourselves to those rules, right? God gave us good rules to live by. No matter how much you commit yourself to those good rules that God's given you, the rules are powerless to undo what's been done. The rules cannot make you righteous again. They, they can't make you, and, and here's the word we learned as we studied the book of Romans together, they can't justify you, they can't make you just as if you had never sinned. Rules don't have the power to do that. In fact, that's what uh, Paul writes in the, in the book of Galatians, Galatians two sixteen. He says, this. "He says we, we know that a person's not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Get this last statement, because by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. Paul Paul saying, listen, the law is powerless." to undo what's been done by sin. The law cannot take away what has already happened. It can't. It can give you better habits, right? The law can do that. The, the, the law can, can help you think better about yourself. The law can, can help bring about some change in the things that you do, but it cannot, it's powerless to undo what has been done. It's powerless, right? That's, that's why Paul writes this in Ephesians, He says, listen, uh, I want you to remember who we were before we knew Christ. It says, so then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, that you were called the uncircumcised by those that called themselves the circumcised, which is is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, ready? At that time, you were without Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel, and you were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope and without God in this world. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Listen. For all of you that are, are, are hearing my voice, maybe you're hearing this for the first time, you're struggling trying to make yourself good enough for God. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to help you, actually. I know it, it may come off as offensive, but I want to help you. I, I want to tell you that that is a hopeless effort because there is nothing you can do. There's no amount of law following that you can do to undo what's been done. The law is powerless to make you stand before God just as if you'd never sinned. It can't do that. It can't do that. We need to accept Jesus. He's God's solution for our sin problem. See, what we need is not to be better. What we need is to be made new. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is passed away. See, the new has come. See the new has come. And that's what we need, guys. We, we need Jesus to completely make us new, to cover all. And, and by the way, that's what happens when we accept Christ, right? When we accept Christ, the Bible says we are justified, made just as if we'd never sinned. So Jesus literally takes all of our sin debt and puts it in his account, okay? And then he deposits into our account all of his righteousness, which is unchanging, That's that's eternal, unchanging right. That means that that you can then mess up the next day and you're still righteous because his righteousness is unchanged. You're legally declared in the books of heaven as righteous forevermore. That's huge. That's huge. And so what what I'm saying, that the law can't do that for you. We need you. Second thing I want you to know is that God knows this. He knows that we're stuck and and that we're hopeless without Christ. So he, he knows that we're stuck and he is listening for our cry for help. God knows that we're stuck and He is listening for our cry for help. So, so we established this last week. God loves us, right? God, God loves us even though we have rebelled against Him, even though we've rebelled against His, his right rules. He, he, he loves us. And, and listen, He knows that we're enslaved to sin. And so He, he sent a deliverer uh, uh, to us, right? And, and listen, He's waiting for us to, to cry out for, for help from, from, from the enslavement we're in. We say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, I know that because uh, in the history of God's children, God foreshadowed this in a guy named Moses and the people of the Isra- uh, and the Israelites the people of God. So the people of God uh, had to go to Egypt. That's where they became a great nation, but then Pharaoh dies. The good Pharaoh dies. The bad Pharaoh comes up and and he begins to abusively work the Jews afraid that they will recognize there's more Jews than there are Egyptians and that they will by force take over Egypt. And so Pharaoh enslaves them and in hard labor and and they begin to cry out to God. And so God has a plan and his plan it's it's a foreshadowing of what's to come in Jesus his plan Plan is to send a deliverer to free his people. And so he, he, he comes and he speaks to Moses. When he calls Moses, we, we, we hear kind of the heart of God and how, how this works, why God waits for us to cry out, right? So this is what he says to Moses in, uh, in the book of Exodus. Exodus 3, 9 through 10, he says, so because the Israelites cry for help has come to me, and I also have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. He says, listen, I, I heard their cry for help, and I'm sending you. And again, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus does for us spiritually, okay? Uh, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is the better Moses that Jesus is the better Moses. And so I'm going to read to you. I've got a couple slides on the screen. This is a huge little uh, chunk here out of Hebrews, about six verses. And and so here's what it says. Hebrews 3, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in uh, a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was in all of God's household. So, that, so I, and we're going to keep that on the screen. But listen, what, what, what the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, you need to think... Uh, When you think about Moses, who you guys call your father, you need to think about Jesus, because Jesus, too, was appointed as a deliverer, okay? And so listen, it says, For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Verse 4 through 6. Now, every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household, as a testimony to what uh, would be said in the future. That's about Jesus. But Christ was faithful faithful as son over his household, and we are that household if we hold on to our confidence and the hope that uh, which and the hope that in which we boast and so listen uh, when the, when the Israelites cried out, God listened, and he sent a deliverer. now listen when we realized and, and they realized they were stuck, they're like we, we can't get out of this enslavement on our own so they cried out to God God heard them what I, what, I'm, what I'm saying to you is we we, we get to this point, we're in the fifth step of the road, we're trying to share Christ with somebody. People need to understand that they're stuck. And, 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 and they're enslaved, and they're enslaved to sin and death, and there's no way out. But they also need to understand that God knows that, and he is listening. That he loves them, and he's actually just waiting for them to cry out for help. Right, that, that's that's what leads us. This just waiting for us to cry out to God, save me, God help me. And and when we do that, right, because Jesus is the higher, holier Moses. They they were they were physically and saved, but were spiritually and saved. And when we cry out to Jesus, what he does is he sends us Jesus. Jesus comes to us as a deliverer via the Holy Spirit, and he comes into our life and he delivers us from the penalty of sin, which is death. He sets us free and he makes us new, so that sin While while we may sin, it never has power over us again. Just think through that, man. Isn't that awesome? That's, That's awesome. So that leads to the fifth step in the Roman road. And this is our fifth essential truth. Ready? I want you to, man, get this. This is huge. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? Man, we are stuck But God knows and he's listening. And so we get this truth. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And guys, that's straight from Scripture. If you guys are doing uh, the reading plan with us, which, by the way, I hope you're still doing your reading plan. I know we had snowmageddon, icemageddon, cracked pipes, uh, difficulties, I get that. Get back in the Word. You can do it. Uh, you should be finishing up Galatians 3 this week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come see me after church. We, we're doing a church-wide Bible reading plan. I give you 10 months of Bible reading. You read one chapter a day, five days a week. We've got a journal, a way that you can uh, highlight everything, explain it. Um, Apply it, respond to it. I'm trying to think through here. Uh, so, so we, man, we've got that for you. We want to do that for you. We've got all that information on our websites. If you go uh, under D groups, you can find all that stuff for free. Uh, but man, so good. And and one of the things that we've been reading our Bible together was this Romans ten thirteen. And and I hope you saw it as you read through Romans. Uh, again, our, our fifth point straight from Scripture: For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, what do we do? kind of with this fifth essential truth. Um, well, kind of the same thing I've challenged you to do every week. Number one, uh, I'm going to ask you to memorize it. I want you to memorize it. So we've got five essential truths. You have all of them uh, now. We've gone through all of them. Uh, and so I, I want to I challenge you to memorize those five essential truths. You can go back uh, on our website. You can see all the messages, uh, those kind of things. You can also go back on our digital sermon notes and look at previous notes. We've got all uh, five of them now for you. I want to challenge you to memorize step five, right, right? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's basically Romans ten thirteen, and that's the second part. You just attach that to Romans ten thirteen, which is easy this week because listen, uh, it's simple because, because our fifth essential truth literally is that scripture. It's the same thing. So we're just making it easy for you to try to share Christ, and so that's that's the big one. Here's the third one we challenge you to do: is we want you to keep praying for opportunities to share the gospel. And we want you to keep reviewing our essential truths, right? Um, the ultimate goal is that everybody in our church would know these six things. Uh, remember, I'm going to make them easy for you. We're going to put them on a bookmark and let you keep them in your Bible so you can keep going over them, over them, over them, over them. But we are all called to make disciples. We're all called to share the gospel. And this is one of the things that I, I just don't think the American church is doing very well. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't do this real well. We, we don't. And uh, I don't know, we live in a culture where we're almost afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, but you know what? The gospel's never the wrong thing, ever. So people may reject it, but that's, that's between them and the Lord. That's not about you. And so we, we have to do our part. Now, I wanna say this um, to you. If you're here, or if you're at home, um, if you have not made it to this step in the road, and, and you're one of those people that you've been logging on or, or you're showing up and you are just tired and you're weary of trying to make yourself better, because, man, the law is, whew, it's a labor, amen? I mean, you just trying like, oh, i got—I got to stop cussing. i I got, I got to stop drinking. i got to stop doing this. I got to, Listen, all, it, it's good to stop those things, but ultimately those things can never undo what's been done. And so you, always, you go to sleep every day with this, this thought in the very back of your mind going, I'm not good enough for God. I'm not good enough for God. I'm not good enough for God. And you live in fear that if you were to die that way, you'd go to hell, okay? But you don't have to live in fear. Because Jesus has died. Jesus is God's solution for our sin problem. There is no way for you to do it on your own. And so I just want to encourage you, accept that. And if you're listening to my words this morning, you've never done that. We're going to talk about all the hows of what that, that looks like next week. You know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. That's our final step. But man, you don't have to wait till next week. Today could be the day of your salvation. If you'll cry out to the Lord and say, God, I know that I'm stuck in sin. Please, God, save me. Send me Jesus, and he will. And he will. All right? Guys, I love you. Um, I think we have one announcement. Is that right? I'm looking into the bright spotlight in my eye. One announcement, just one. I want to remind you, we, we're now doing church. At, you guys know because you're here, and if you're tuned in, you know. Uh, we're only doing church at 9 and 11 now. We've got two services, 9 and 11. So we were doing one service at 10. Uh, we had 75, 80 people show up. The room felt really full. People with COVID concerns were starting to go, eh. So we've got two. There's plenty of space for you. And uh, what I want to say to you guys, if you're watching online, please come back. Um, you know, uh, the Bible says that we're the body of Christ and, and we all need one another. I shared with the staff this week. Here's where I am. I've been doing it a year and I miss you. And I, I mean, if you want to know what does a pastor need, the pastor needs you. Like that's what the pastor needs. That, that's what feeds me feeds my spirit is to be around you and to see you and to know that God is working in your life. So I am begging you, if you do not have health concerns, if you're at home because PJs are comfy, come to church. You can wear your PJs. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Bring your coffee, bring your pancakes, do not care, just want to see your face. And so uh, please consider uh, those things. I want to remind you that we believe that transformation happens through the Word of God and that that change occurs best in community. And so we will be having discussions immediately following service as soon as we get our chairs. Uh, we had a storm, we have chairs on order, and so the way that church will work is you guys will show up, we'll worship together, and then we'll immediately go outside so we can kind of take mask off and sit outside where there's wind blowing, and we'll kind of have little groups of community where we break down our sermon and we just talk about it. The kids will go off with Catherine, the youth will go off with Franklin, and we'll do that at 9 and 11, so it's going to be awesome, but we don't have our chairs yet. So, uh, and we were going to email you and have you bring chairs, but to be honest, the weather said it was going to rain, and I didn't want you to bring chairs, and it rained. So uh, we're hoping to be ready to do that next week. Be praying for us. We just believe that the, these community, these times of community, breaking down the sermon together, we think they're going to be life-changing. And so uh, pray for us, guys. We love you. Uh, for all those here, we're going to say bye to our online family. Can everybody say bye, online family? Bye.